and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to the rebel girls and riot girls in the music industry and why they matter. Each episode will feature songs by bands you just need to hear. So if you think you're ready, I will see you in the front. guys and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is finally episode 22. Sorry it took me what seems like a lifetime to put out a new episode. I just finished my marathon session of being on tour two with Paramore. I got back from Toronto last Friday and it was such a good way to end such a great tour. The crowd was awesome. My spot was the best it was all tour. I made friends with some really nice girls who let me dance with them all night long and I got to spend all weekend in Toronto. It was awesome. I got two pairs of socks and they're super comfy and I'm pumped about it. I can't wait for the rest of the album cycle and many more tours with Paramore. It was seriously the most fun I've ever had on a tour and I've been seeing music forever or what seems like forever. It's been like over 11 years since I started going to shows. Actually, it's been like 13 years. I don't know how to count apparently. It's been like 13 years since I've been going to shows and I've seen now 24 Paramore shows, I think I counted. And that's without Parahoy, I believe. So 24 Paramore shows. And this was definitely the funnest string of shows that I've ever gone on. So thank you, Paramore, for again, providing such a great space and incredible album. And your fans at every show were great and amazing and I love all you guys so can't wait for more tours I can't wait for Parahoy it's gonna be awesome but anyway back to today's episode since the last episode some things have come to the surface um some that aren't very great um one of them being the Harvey Weinstein claims and all the accusations made against him and all the jokes that have been around for what seems like a lifetime they're finally at the end of everything and everything is blown up and all the accusations are out there and there's finally an investigation. A lot of actresses have actually spoken up about either being involved with him specifically or even coming forward with their own sexual assault stories, whether they have to do with him or somebody else. I know this podcast is about music, but I wanted to play you guys something that actress Jennifer Lawrence recounted from back when she was just starting out in Hollywood. This is important to talk about because we never hear stories about women being anything but the victim. But in Jennifer Lawrence's case, a woman was the one who was the abuser. So I just wanted to bring this up because I think it's only fair. So here's a little clip of what Jennifer Lawrence had to say. When I was much younger and starting out, I was told by the producers of a film to lose 15 pounds in two weeks. Super easy. Uh, one girl before me had already been fired for not losing enough weight fast enough. And during this time, a female producer had me do a nude lineup with about five women who were much, much better than me. And we all stood side by side with only paste ons covering our privates. After that degrading and humiliating lineup, the female producer told me I should use the naked photos of myself as inspiration for my diet. Another woman who was actually speaking in solidarity was Pussycat Doll member Kaya Jones. She had a string of tweets about the prostitution ring she said that she was involved in during her time with the group. She tweeted a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm just going to condense them all into one paragraph. Her tweet said, My truth, I wasn't in a girl group. I was in a prostitution ring. Oh, and we happened to sing and be famous. Well, everyone who owned us made the money. How bad was it? People ask. Bad enough that I walked away from my dreams, bandmates, and a $13 million record deal. We knew we were going to be number one. 
To be a part of a team, you must be a team player, meaning sleep with whoever they say. If you don't, they have nothing on you to leverage. Yes, I said leverage, meaning after they turn you out and get you hooked on drugs, they use it against you. Correct. Victimizing the victim again. You don't have to believe me, she added. I lived with it. It's now about helping others in the world scared to stand up to their abusers. Now, BBC did an article yesterday with a statement from the other women that were in the group. Nicole Scherzinger, I think, was the one that made the um, the statement. They claimed they were never a part of what Kaya was talking about. However, they didn't discredit her or say that didn't happen to her. BBC wrote, the band led by Nicole, Nicole Scherzinger said that they were not aware of Kaya's experiences and offered her support. However, they firmly denied that the remaining members had been abused. We cannot stand behind false allegations towards other group members partaking in activities that simply did not take place, they said. To liken our professional roles in the Pussycat Dolls to a prostitution ring not only undermines everything we worked hard to achieve for all those years, but also takes the spotlight off the millions of victims who are speaking up and being heard loud and clear around the world, the statement continued. We stand in solidarity with all the women who have bravely spoken publicly about the horrific experiences of abuse, harassment, and exploitation. In their statement, the Pussycat Doll said, while we are not aware of Kaya's experiences that allegedly took place during her short time working with us before the group signed a recording contract, we can firmly testify that we are not privy to any misconduct taking place around us. If Kaya experienced something we were unaware of, then we fully encourage her to get the help she needs and are here for to support her. There have been numerous amount of other female artists speaking up for victims and telling stories of being a victim. Kesha, who has very publicly been involved in an ongoing battle for her freedom with her abuser, which I did an episode on already, spoke to anyone sharing stories about sexual abuse or harassment. She actually tweeted in two tweets, I support the tremendous amount of women who are coming forward to tell their stories of harassment and abuse. It takes strength and courage. Bravo. May the universe lighten the burden from your soul. Kesha's song Pray is probably the most beautiful thing that's come out of 2017 and anybody can fight me on it. Don't at me because I love that song. And I know I said you can fight me and don't at me in the same sentence, but a song is amazing regardless, and I'll fight you about it, but don't at me about it, if that makes sense. In the Billboard article I pulled Kesha's tweets from, it actually talks about the hashtag MeToo movement. It says, actress Alyssa Milano has been credited with spurring the current internet phenomenon of the hashtag MeToo movement when she asked survivors to share their stories in the wake of the revelations about Harvey Weinstein. As the Washington Post reports, the movement was originally founded in 2006 by Tarana Burke, who is in the middle of a documentary called Me Too. Now, something personal for me, the Me Too movement has been really huge. I have seen pretty much every female on social media post a Me Too story or just posting Me Too, and it hurts my heart for a few reasons. One is I have seen women who voted for Trump posting Me Too. Now, why that bothers me is because if you have been in a situation that warrants a Me Too, how the fuck would you vote for somebody who has not only been accused of many sexual assault crimes, but has been very publicly degrading and has harassed women? Like, that isn't a feminist making up shit again, because apparently that's that's what you guys say is feminists are just making stuff up because apparently men are never wrong. Anytime this garbage can has spoken prior to January has always been degrading towards women. I'm sorry. YouTube anything that he's ever said in any interview. It's always about 
something inappropriate with his daughter or something about a a woman in Hollywood. It's always been degrading towards women. I don't think women. I don't think he's ever said anything nice or not creepy towards a woman or his daughter in his fucking pathetic lifetime. So if you're someone who voted for that vile sack of garbage, your Me Too hurts me. It hurts me that you live through something like that, but it also hurts me that you voted for someone who not only will perpetuate it happening to more women, it will encourage people to be okay with it or even do it more. Your Me Too will always be valid and heard, but if you voted for that monster who has done all of these horrible things, your Me Too stings me more than the others do. Okay, now that I got that out. To get some fresh air from all of that, I'm going to play you guys the first song of the episode. It's by a band I've already played. I played them a while back. They're my friends in Painting Rockets. I just got my shirt and CD from them last week, and I'm super pumped for their new record that they've been writing. The song is off their last EP from The Debris, and the song is called I'll Be Fine.
Again, that was the song I'll Be Fine by the band Painting Rockets off their last EP, From the Debris. Keep up with the band on social media for updates on their first ever full length that they've been writing and recording. Now, while going to see Limp Wrist a few weeks back in Brooklyn, I was listening to NPR and an interview with Demi Lovato came on. I immediately paid attention to it, seeing as how Demi has been very open about her struggles with addiction, eating disorders, bullying, and mental illness. I'm going to play you guys a clip of what she said about being bipolar. It was really good, and um, she actually said a lot in the interview that was really cool. She talked about breaking up with alcohol and being sober and all the songs on New on her new record, not really being about breakup with a boyfriend, but really just breaking up with her old self and not being sorry for anything really. And she's talking about the bullies in her past and all the mean girls and even about exploring her bisexuality. So here's a little bit of that interview. When you were in rehab, um, you were diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And you talk very candidly about your mental illness. You also advocate for others to be open about their mental illnesses. Why is it important to you to talk about mental health in such a public way? There are many, many mental illnesses that people struggle with on a day-to-day basis, and nobody feels comfortable enough to talk about it and to get the help that they need. We could prevent so many things and so many lives that could be destroyed by a mental illness if we just talk about it and we take the stigma away from it. It wasn't said in the interview, but in the article transcript of NPR's talk with Demi, there was another question about her mental illness. NPR asked her, do you get tired of talking about your mental illness? Do you worry that it becomes a story that you're known for and that It's this narrative that drives your new music, and it's this thing that you keep talking about in interviews. And Demi said, well, fortunately, my new music isn't about my struggles. It has a lot to do with my journey and my life and where I'm at today as a single 25-year-old woman who is living on her own for the first time and who has gone through a breakup that was really impactful, who is dating, you know, a bunch of stuff that you can relate to. There are times when I'm doing interviews and I feel like I sound repetitive. It's not that I feel obligated or pressured to talk about it or that I get tired of talking about it. I just fear that sometimes people get tired of hearing my story. Demi Lovato has also recently been out as a bisexual woman. Another woman who is also identified as a bisexual is Fifth Harmony member Lauren Huregi. Huregi? Sorry, I always say that wrong. Recently talked about what it was like being a closeted bisexual. In September of this year, she had spoken to Out Magazine about the early days of wanting to come out. The article first starts by talking about the collab she did with Halsey on the song Strangers and basically said everything that I said in my episode about it a couple episodes back. Out Magazine had said, while songwriters such as Tegan and Sarah have injected queer narratives into pop music, hit singles like Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl and Demi Lovato's Cool for the Summer have eschewed deeper deeper themes of love and commitment. Strangers aim to correct this. To me, the song is culturally vulnerable because people are feeling so invalidated and distanced from themselves. Like, they should be ashamed of who they are, Huregi says. It's good to be an anarchist and just love yourself. That's the most rebellious thing you can do right now. Then she talks about what label execs actually had to say about her being out. She said, people still talk shit, but it's like, why does it make... why does it make you feel gross? You can watch a kid get bombed and not do anything about it, but you can't watch me kiss my girlfriend. Go fuck yourself. This is more or less what Huregi said to label execs who, execs who told her she couldn't be so forth, 
forthright about her personal life. A lot of artists are held back by the notion that they'll lose their fan base or alienate themselves, she says. Even friends and family who would keep, who would tell me to keep it to myself. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, why? Lauren actually wrote an open letter to Trump in January coming out as a bisexual Cuban woman and damn proud of it. And another great and talented woman who took to Twitter in solidarity was Charlie XCX. She had wrote a string of tweets of encouragement where she said, men who use power to manipulate and abuse are disgusting. Any woman who has had to deal with any kind of abuse is so fucking brave. Emotional abuse, physical abuse, emotional blackmail, it's all terrifying and wrong. It's not something anyone should have to navigate alone. But many women do deal with this alone. To me, these women are brave, inspirational, and fearless. I have a lot of young female fans and I just want you all to know that even on those days where you may be feeling small, you have power. Women are beautiful and glorious and powerful and I'm proud to be around many females who inspire me each and every single day. Charlie's words actually flow into what designer Tuesday Basin had to say a few days ago on Instagram. Tuesday wrote an almost open letter to her followers where she said, I want to be honest about how I've been feeling about Tuesday the person versus Tuesday the brand. Hiding feelings from myself and y'all only make me feel worse. From the beginning, I wanted to make my own objects and clothing because I really hate the world the world of fashion. From production to how women are treated, viewed, and demeaned through the clothes we wear. As an illustrator, I already drew women in positions of power and wanted to shift that level of excitement and power to fashion expression and in effect recreating my drawings in 3D to translate fantasy to reality. I wanted to change a small part of fashion of the fashion world in my own vision and still do. But in the past year, I've gotten really swept up improving my legitimacy as a brand. I think it's a really symptomatic cocktail of having to aggressively defend my intellectual property as I'm creating. My own insecurity about my place as a newbie in fashion, even if I think it's a good thing, and the hyper-clean corporate Instagram culture of Los Angeles. I find myself doing things where I think I have to. Who am I trying to prove myself to? Why am I using channels I hate to get there? I've been trying hard to actively fight that impulse because I love trying to do something new. I love being a very small team of three women. I love not having funding because I do not have to listen to mediocre people read men opinions and to spend my money. This is huge. I don't know if it, if people realize that it is a rarity for women facing retailers to actually own their businesses. It is hard and gnarly to be scrappy, no cute office here, but the power I have over our destiny and input is priceless. Anyway, all I really want is to connect with y'all. I'd be feeling depressed about my shortcomings, but in reality, that's dumb because I don't want to be glossy. I don't want to have these trappings or a bigger companies. I want to have fun doing things. I want you to feel it too. Fuck limits. Do what you want. Good talk. I love y'all. Let's move forward with power, love, and creative control. Tuesday has actually been the target with brands like Zara stealing her art. I have mentioned it before, but Tuesday has actually worked with Paramore multiple times and even did an enamel pin for Haley's hair dye line, Good Dye Young, which actually just launched a new line of temporary hair color for um, anybody that has commitment issues or corporate jobs like I do, or just really want to have temporary fun. It's called Poser Paste and it's available in four colors that actually mimic the current colors in the hair dye line as dye form. They have Steal My Sunshine, Blue Ruin, X-Girl, and I don't own oh, Riot. 
So you guys can actually uh, pick those up now on their web store. I think they're like $17 each plus shipping. And I believe on all U.S. orders over $40 or $50, it's free shipping. So definitely check that out and stock up on hair dye because it's going to be fun. I can't wait to get mine. Mine shipped, I think, yesterday. So that's going to be really cool. Tuesday is actually still working on making a line of all-inclusive um, denim. It's all going to be size-inclusive. I think she's going to go to like size 30 or something that nobody ever does so it's gonna be really awesome when she finally does that I can't wait they're gonna be super comfy they already look like jeggings and like a mix of jeggings and real jeans I don't know how she's gonna do it but they look really cool she posted like a prototype about it a couple of months ago so definitely follow her on Instagram because when it finally comes to fruition it's gonna be awesome and that's that's really it there's probably a lot more to say but for right now I think that's a good introduction the world is falling apart. Too many men are trash and I'm literally exhausted. <laughs> but a couple of things to note before I end today's episode, even though it has been a little bit of a short episode, but I wanted to come back and give you guys, you know, some relevant content and give you guys an update on where my life is at because it's been a little bit. I know I posted a misery business update vi- um, episode last week, but I haven't really done an episode episode in like a month since I did that Tegan and Sarah episode. So I wanted you guys to know that the podcast is still here I'm still here um I'm not dead and uh, I still have a lot to complain about and a lot to educate you guys on and this Harvey Weinstein thing was really upsetting and the whole me too thing really got me inspired to do this episode so before I go I want you guys to know a couple of cool things that have happened in my absence Tegan and Sarah's 10-year tribute to the con called The Con X is now out on digital. The vinyl ships, I think, in December. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know I pre-ordered it and I'm super stoked for it. The record features covers by Paris, Haley of Paramore, and also Taylor York of Paramore produced the song in Churches and Crimes. I put together a little sample of all of those songs for you guys. Bully released their second full-length Losing on Friday. I got my vinyl actually a day early and it was super cool. Uh, Here's a little taste of the first song off the record. The 
this song is called Kills to Be Resistant. It's the first song off the new record called Losing. It's a really cool record. It's a really cool song. I think you guys should definitely pick it up. Uh, it just came out yesterday. So definitely go run to your nearest record store if it still exists. Um, I have like one near me and that's why I get everything online or it shows. But definitely at least pick up the digital copy. It's really cool record and Bully is such a great band. I'm so happy that they actually let me play their music on my podcast. So cheers to Bully and cheers to their new record. Paramore kicked off their um, tour 2.0 is what they're calling it on Friday night in Mexico. They're actually playing a headlining show with Paris on Monday and I can't wait to see the videos of that. I have a theory that um, Lynn and Haley are going to do something special Um I don't remember what song off the top of my head, but I tweeted at somebody when this was announced and I said that um, Haley was going to do a song with them and Lynn was going to do a song with um, Paramore. And uh, I can't think of the songs off the top of my head, but I totally called two different songs. Um, I also was like slightly wrong about the last show on tour too. I said that um, Beth from Best Coast was going to do Hate to See Your Heartbreak with Paramore. And I was wrong and I was so upset, but Haley actually came out during Best Coast's best coasts set and did boyfriend with them and the video is super cute i love that their friendship is really um i don't know how to describe it i just love their friendship i think it's awesome and i think that girls being friends with other girls and bands is something that's really important and i think it's super um needed in times like this i think girls should stick together as long as both the people involved are non-problematic and they lift each other up and they don't um bring each other down and Haley and beth beth see i can't even say her name um beth seem like they have a really good friendship and it seems like they lift each other up constantly and beth stands for a lot of really awesome things i even played on the anxiety episode if you guys listen to episode 12 i played with beth i played what beth had to say on um I think she talked to Trevor Noah about um, a really shitty situation that she actually tried to turn into a positive situation. So definitely check that out and definitely check out Best Coast because their music is great. They stand for a lot of cool things and Haley did boyfriend with them and it was the cutest thing I ever saw in my life because I love female friendships and I love that they found each other in a hopeless place. (laughs) So um Moving on, Lady Gaga has a documentary on Netflix called Five Foot Two that everybody has nothing but positive things to say. I haven't uh, watched it yet. I've been really shitty on my Netflix game. I just found out that Harry Met Your Mother is leaving Netflix in November. I'm heartbroken, disturbed, and going to cancel my Netflix account, but I'm really not. But I'm like super bummed out about it because literally the only thing I watch on Netflix besides The Office. So even though I have every season of Harry Met Your Mother on DVD, it's not the fucking same, Okay. Um, I used to watch it when I was at the gym. I've seen the series like 8 million times. It's just something that I always put on in the background. So maybe I'll give Netflix another chance. I'm probably gonna. Demi Lovato also has a uh, documentary on Netflix called Simply Complicated, which I have also heard nothing but good things about. Again, I haven't watched it yet. It literally just came out, I think, last week. Um, I'm going to get around to it. I mean, it took me forever to finally watch Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. So I'll get there, guys. I just recently watched the new Orange is the New Black season, so um, it wasn't very good. Spoiler alert. But um, I did watch it, so I'm catching up on the hip internet and Netflix things. So don't worry. I'll get there. 
And lastly, I can't believe I'd never fucking mentioned this, but Avril Lavigne's first three records are available on vinyl for the first time. They're on Amazon. You guys need to buy them because I bought them. I've literally been talking about this for probably three years. I tweeted and made statuses about it for literally like maybe once a month for the last two years about how this never happened and how I needed them. And then I missed the boat almost. I wasn't really paying attention for like two months and all of a sudden they were sold out everywhere except for Amazon. So luckily I snagged a copy of Under My Skin and let go. I didn't buy the best damn thing because I didn't really need it. Sorry, Avril, but I think Melissa wrote it. So not going to even go there. You guys should buy them immediately, though. She or Melissa is uh, writing the new record, actually, and it seems to be coming along great because judging by her Instagram updates, it seems like she's having a great time. So kudos to Avril slash Melissa. So that's it for today. I hope you guys are still with me out there. I'll try not to go as long as I just did without content again. So with all of that being said, the last song I have for you guys today is by Sierra K's new band, No. Sierra fronted the Feel by Ramen band Versa Emerge before the band became her and Blake Hernage, who now works with Paris on all of their records. And now Sierra does her own thing with her band, No. And she seems to be doing a lot of traveling and living a lot of life. She was just on Camp Gritty, which is Charla Vale's um summer camp event that she does every summer now as of like two years ago it's a bunch of fun it looks like a lot of my friends go it seems like the best time of everybody's life so sarah seems really involved in that and looks really cool maybe one year i'll go but um until then i'll just live through everybody else's pictures and videos and everything but um sierra has definitely musically done so much different with this than she ever did with Versa Emerge. It's edgy, chilled out, almost shoegaze sound, but not really. But they did play St. Vitus, so it's not really that shoegazy if they're playing St. Vitus. I mean, maybe that's stereotyping the venue, but I have seen Trap them almost every single time that they've played New York at St. Vitus, so maybe that says something. Um, the song is called Make Me Stay off their first record, Fell Off the Deep End. That came out in 2016. The band actually just released their second record two weeks ago called Chain Up the Sun, and it's available on their band camp. But before I play it for you guys, I just want you to know where you can find me. I'm on Instagram under Sam is Socks. Twitter is Rebel Hearts Girl. And for my Paramore fans out there, the Paramore crew, Facebook is facebook.com slash Rebel Hearts Podcast, even though my posts have been super slacking. And the email is always um, rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for whatever reason that was. I'm super tired. But um, yeah, that's it. I will see you guys at the front. And here is no. (laughs) 